0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are here at the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm Karen Selensky, along with Father Logan Obergiewicz and Monsignor Patrick Schumacher, who has just taken a quick break here, but he will be back with us momentarily. We um, have our next guest on the line. We have Father Greg Luger. Welcome, Father Luger. Thank you. How are you today?
2: Oh, I'm doing well. <laughs> I've been enjoying this nice weather lately.
1: I was going to say, so is there snow up in the northern part of North Dakota or not?
2: <laughs> there is not. Um, it, it, it was a little chilly this morning, but this week we've, we've had some very nice weather, so yeah. it's been good. It,
1: Seventy-nine degrees in Bismarck, North Dakota, yesterday. So I'm—I don't know if it set a record <laughs> or not, but it was beautiful here.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: if you can tell our listeners a little bit uh, about yourself, and then we will—Monsignor um, has a lot of great questions for you here. But if you want to let our listeners know about yourself, we greatly appreciate that.
2: Yeah. So I, of course, am uh, a priest of the Diocese of Bismarck, and I am the pastor of three parishes, St. Jerome's in Mohall, St. James in Sherwood, and St. John's in Lansford. And for those of you listeners who don't know where those places are, um, that is north of Minot. So um, I live in Mohall, but uh, to give you some perspective, uh, Sherwood is only about two miles from the Canadian border, so I'm pretty far north.
1: Mm. Yes, but, and you're a native of Bismarck, though, correct?
2: Correct. So I am a St. Mary's grad. Yeah. Okay. So go Saints. Um, <laughs> and now, what's now the academy is where I is where I went to high school. Um, obviously, the uh, the current high school uh, building wasn't it wasn't even a conception yet when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that came much later. So yes, I am a St. Mary's grad. I graduated in 2008, um, and I was ordained a priest in 2017.
1: Great. You know, um, and I just have to do a shout-out to your dad, Mike. Um, they, as part of the Knights of the Columbus for the Ascension Parish, they did a mm-hmm. um, pancake breakfast last weekend for Real Presence Radio, so we greatly appreciate well, that did. support. Yes, and it was very well attended. Um, we're just excited, and they are doing a table as well at the banquet, so we're, we're very blessed to have that. So th- wish him thank you if he's not listening to you today, okay?
2: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. You know what, I think I actually forgot, forgot to tell him that I'm on the radio today. <laughs>
1: oh, well, we'll have to tell him to listen to the podcast, so.
3: Yes. Father, <laughs> yeah. Father Greg Luger, good morning. Monsignor Schumacher here. How are you? I'm doing well, Monsignor. It's great to hear you. We, we chatted on the phone briefly yesterday, and I forgot to, I forgot to mention you were going to be on my show. So it's That's great right. to have I was
2: you. Thinking about that. It's
3: oh, great sorry. to it's <laughs> great to have you. So, uh, ha- have you d- uh, spoken about who you are, father, yet, yes. and where you're from? Yep. And our great time together at Saint Wenceslas. Right, you were assigned to me for a summer.
2: Yep, I did forget to mention that. So, well, yes, I was assigned to, Mons- uh, to Monsignor <laughs> Schumacher back when uh, he was still pastor of Saint Wenceslaus, Spent a summer with him. It was a great summer. Um, you know plenty of uh, good walks with his dog and uh many other great uh other great experiences and you know working with uh the church renovation project there uh it was a good summer so.
3: and you and you burnt out one of my mixers <laughs>
2: I did do that that was the first day I got there. <laughs>
3: Uh, you were uh, you, you had some kitchen details, so we're, we're talking at, we're we're talking about rights of the Catholic Church, okay? And mm-hmm. um, many people don't understand, uh, you know, the word right R I T E, and then we're going to talk about the different rights of the church here. But first of all, what what is what is a right?
2: Yeah, so generally speaking, um, right is used kind of in two different senses within the Church. Uh, first of all, we can talk about, like, the individual rights of our own right, if you will. So we have uh, various liturgical traditions. We have, for example, the, uh, the Latin tradition, or we would say, like, we are Roman Catholics, but we also have the Ukrainian rite, the Chaldean rite, the Byzantine rite, and so these rites are different liturgical traditions within the universal Catholic Church who are, who are all in union with the Pope. Um, furthermore, we can also talk about uh, the rites within each rite. So for example, um, in, our, in our own rite, we do have, for example, the rite of celebrating baptism, the rite of celebrating matrimony. The right of Christian, Christian, of Christian initiation of adults. So um, we do have individual rights within our rights pertaining to each, each of the individual sacraments and uh, even different sacramentals as well
3: uh the, the latin rite uh is is where most of the world's catholics belong uh it's called the latin rite it's headed by our holy father who is above all the the the, the bishop of of rome uh t- tell us what is what is particular about the um the, the 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 roman rite uh which was you know somewhat altered by the second vatican council but it all falls under the, the latin rite uh people mm-hmm. who call themselves catholics usually belong to the the latin rite uh, wh- why is it called that
2: yeah so first of all you're correct monsignor that the the vast majority of catholics are latin rite it, i believe it's over 90 percent of all catholics worldwide um now our liturgical tradition uh did arise in western europe specifically in rome and so our liturgy Uh, was the liturgy that was being celebrated within the city of Rome by the Holy Father, and uh, over time it spread to all of Europe and was promulgated by the Pope in all of Western Europe as well. Now we're called Latin rite because the liturgical texts, all the liturgical books, were written in Latin. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, there was the liturgical reform after the Second Vatican Council, prior to that council, all of our liturgical books were used only in Latin. So prior to the council, you went to Mass, it was in Latin. When you had your child baptized, it was in Latin. When you got anointed, it was in Latin. Ordinations was all Latin. And even still today, although typically in our parishes, at least within the Diocese of Bismarck, when you go to Mass, it's all in English, all of those books were translated from Latin, and so we do still have uh, Latin as our kind of mother tongue, if you will. And so the same Roman missal that you use at Corpus Christi, the same one that I use at St. At Jerome's up here in Mohall, that was translated from a Latin text, and it is actually possible for a priest to get a hand on that Latin text as well. And he could, if he really wanted to, actually use that for math.
3: When I was uh, young, and we touched on this in, in uh, I don't know, it was probably by that time junior high or some high school formation, we talked about rights. Uh, it, it, was, it was simply said that there are twelve of them, uh, f- one for each of the, one for each of the, the twelve apostles. It, 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 it's not that simplified. Is that accurate?
2: Correct. Uh, I believe there are actually more. Uh, Off the top of my head, actually, the number 24 is sticking in my mind. Um, um, I don't know. Now, there are actually, um, within within the liturgical rites, there are actually several families of rites and rites within that. Um, We do actually have, they're not very big, Uh, there are are actually other Latin rites in the Church. Um, You can find the Maserabic Rite in Spain. Uh, You have to go to the cathedral in Toledo to find that Mass. Uh, You could talk about the Ambrosian Rite in Milan. Correct. And then you could talk about the various uh, Byzantine traditions. Uh, So there's, like, the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. Um, There's just the Byzantines, which would come from from Greece. There's, you know, there's the Syro-Malabar out in India. There's the Chaldeans from Iraq. And so um, yeah the the rights of the Catholic Church are many.
3: Th- let's talk about the Ukrainians for a moment. Uh, we, we mm-hmm. have you, uh, in in our area here of Western North Dakota we have uh, Ukraini- uh, U- Ukrainians uh, and we have the U- uh, the Divine Liturgy. Uh, talk mm-hmm. about talk about the, the history of of the Ukrainian rite, uh, and then this uh, we may have to take a short break here. Then we're going to talk mm-hmm. about as, as as Catholics, which rite can we attend? Uh, but the, the, mm-hmm. the Ukrainians are are now um, in line with, with with the Holy Father, which is the key as to whether or not we can attend at, uh, attend a rite. It, it's it's their I- adherence to to the uh, the primacy of the Pope. Uh, as mm-hmm. as 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 pontiff, but the history of the Ukrainians—who are mm-hmm. they? Where they come from, and why? Why is their quote mass different?
2: Yeah. So the Ukrainians, um, yeah, as you mentioned, Monsignor, we do actually have uh, several Ukrainian right Catholic churches in Western North Dakota—one in Minot, one in Wilton, and a couple in Belfield—and. They are one of the Byzantine rites. So you you called it Divine Liturgy. So if you were to ask a Ukrainian Catholic, you know, what their you know Sunday service is, they would say it's divine liturgy. Or more particularly, it's the, the divine liturgy of Saint John Chrysostom. So a brief history there was Saint John Chrysostom was the Patriarch of Constantinople, which is modern day Istanbul. And the liturgy that he had inherited was the Divine Liturgy of Saint Basil the Great, and that liturgy would take upwards of four to five hours to say. Uh, it was it was quite a haul, and um, Saint John Chrysostom actually shortened that liturgy a bit. Um, now it is actually still a bit longer than our mass might take, you know, two two and a half hours to complete, but. He is the one that did write that liturgy, and of course, the liturgy that he that he wrote did spread throughout Eastern Europe and came into common usage. Now, as it came into Ukraine, although John Chrysostom would have said it in Greek, um, it was translated into Ukrainian. Um, so, now obviously, so for all the Catholics that were in Ukraine. That is what they knew of liturgy, and then when they immigrated to the United States, they of course had you know their own priests with them, and so they carried that tradition along with them, even out here to western North Dakota. And as you mentioned, uh, they are in full union with the Pope. And so a Latin Rite Catholic could actually attend that liturgy on Sunday, and fulfill their obligation to attend mass uh, because the church's requirement is that the, is that the church is that the catholic would attend mass in a catholic rite on sunday of which the ukrainians are most uh, certainly a part of that
3: so we're going to take a short break. We're talking about rites with Father Gregory Luger. It, uh, it's a rite is a it's like a, a division within the Catholic Church. It it pertains to geographical differences, cultural differences. A rite is a ceremony surrounding our sacred liturgy, and and there are there are there are many different rites in our Catholic faith. Uh, we 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 think you know uh, all Catholics are are like us, quote, as Latins or, or, or of the Latin rite, but we're going we're to talk more about that and we're also going to talk about um, where people can learn more about, about what we're talking about because this is uh, really, really always interesting to, to historians o- of our faith. So we'll be back in just one moment. My name is Monsignor Schumacher and it's, it's great to have you listening to Real Presence Live as we come up on 46 Minutes Past the Hour. We're going to take a short break.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio
4: Network. This is Father Anthony Craig from the Diocese of Duluth. Being a priest is a great joy in my life, and I love especially the celebration of Holy Mass, where is the sacrifice of Jesus once again displayed before us, that we are informed by it and it changes our life. Over time, the grace of the Lord actually gives us joy. And as a priest, to celebrate that sacrament, the sacrament of the Eucharist for people and to bring God from the altar down to others and to give them the Eucharist is a great joy in my life. And as I distribute communion, I ask the Lord to bless each of the people that come up to receive the host. And I thank God for the great gift of the priesthood, which gradually came to me. It was not all at once, but over time, I realized that the Lord was giving me the desire and ability to be a priest and to be a man in Christ, a man of the church and a man for others. And he eventually showed me that that was the true joy, that where my deep gladness met the world's great need. And that is the essence of a vocation.
3: Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play. To which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Alexa-enabled devices.
1: This is Mrs. Graham, the third grade teacher here at St. Philip's Catholic School in Bemidji, Minnesota. Please join us in prayer.
0: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed
3: is the fruit
0: of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners. Listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, uh, Father Greg Luger is my guest, and he is
3: a good historian in many ways. Uh, Father, when I uh, was on break during my studies in Rome, I went to Turkey, Constantinople, and Father Joe Moroni and I, a classmate of mine, we worked our way into the Fainar, and we had an audience with the, uh, uh, the patriarch of Constantinople, uh, Bartolomeo Primo, Bartholomew I. And, and we, we, we came, and what, what he said to us initially is, uh, 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 or when we left, he said, send my greetings from the, from the New Rome to the Old Rome. Uh, tell people why he said that.
2: Yes, yeah, so the Patriarch of Constantinople, he is uh, you know, basically the, the, the main bishop of the Greek Orthodox Church. So the Orthodox, uh, they are, first of all, they have valid sacraments, so when they celebrate divine liturgy, um, that is truly the Eucharist that shows up. Uh, they have valid confession, valid holy orders, etc. Now, the Patriarch of Constantinople, uh, he, that, that was actually one of the five patriarchal sees in the early Church, which were Rome... Constantinople, Jerusalem, Antioch, and Alexandria. And, of course, uh, the Bishop of Rome, being the successor of Peter, was primary among them. And then, for some historical reasons, uh, Constantinople was the number two guy. Um, Now, what had happened, there's a number of things here, wherein the emperor had actually moved the seat of government from Rome to Constantinople. Uh, That was actually Constantine who did that, uh, uh, formerly Byzantium Constantine liked to name things after himself So, yeah, Constantinople His three sons, sons were Constantius, Constantine, and Constance um, I don't know if Maybe Constantine had a little bit of pride But, but anyway uh, For that reason, uh, the patriarch of Constantinople began to rise in prominence And so Because of the presence of the emperor It started to refer to itself As New Rome now this actually started to lead to some controversy within the church wherein uh, certain patriarchs were maybe starting to see think that they were the new head of the church as opposed to the bishop of Rome now there were there are many reasons as to why this next thing happened, but uh, the there was a great schism in ten fifty four wherein uh, the the Patriarch of Constantinople was excommunicated And he responded in kind to the Pope Now, I I could get further and further into those details As to why that happened That's a bit of a longer story um, But anyway, there was a schism in 1054 Between uh, the Pope and the Patriarch of Constantinople And unfortunately, uh, they have been in schism ever since And so, uh, uh, that is... Uh, But that is, to answer your question, Monsignor, that is why he referred to himself as the new Rome. Please send our greetings to the old Rome.
3: Uh, I have a question that one of my students asked me is, when we talked about rites, she asked, how do we know if we can uh, uh, receive the sacraments from from a rite? And I, I, I introduced them to the phrase, ubi petrus ibi ecclesiam. Ubi Petrus, where Peter is, Ebi Ecclesiom, there is the Church. Explain that as as a as, as a discernment tool as to whether we can receive sacraments in a particular rite.
2: Yeah, so basically uh, what that uh, phrase is saying, Monsignor, as you yourself are almost certainly aware, it, that basically it's saying that um, any church that is under the authority of the Pope is a legitimate Catholic Church. So, if there is a Church that is truly Catholic and is truly under the authority of the Pope and is truly in union with him, then I can receive the sacraments there. Now, for the most part, you know, that comes to us as fairly obvious. um, If any any of us, you know, hop on a plane and you know go to Florida, and we find a St. Patrick's Catholic Church, and we go there. Oh, look, mass is exactly the same, and during the uh, during the Eucharistic prayer, you will say together with Francis, our Pope. Okay, very clear. This guy is in union with the Pope and and in union with his own local bishop. Well, a similar thing actually does happen in the uh, in the Eastern Rite Catholic. Right. Um Once again, within their, uh, within their Eucharistic prayer, they actually do mention the name of the Pope, the name of their particular patriarch, and the name of their bishop, much like we do. And so, basically, if they are in union with Rome, uh, you can receive the sacraments
3: there. Ubi Petrus Ibi Ecclesiam. Where Peter is, there is the Church. Peter, meaning the Pope. And this is not our idea. This is not our fabrication. This is our Lord's directive, saying to Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Can, can you go to this church? Can you go to that church? The question is, does this church recognize the Pope as the authority leading it? And that's the discernment process that we have to always fall back on.
2: Right. And, you know, the thing is, um, that can always become a question, especially in our internet age, and, you know, we can stumble across, you know, conspiracy theories and whatnot. We can always kind of wonder, like, what is the true church that Christ really founded? How do I know that I'm a part of it? Well, thanks be to God, Christ actually left us a visible sign of unity with the true church that he founded. That visible sign is the Pope who is the successor of Peter the Apostle. So if you want to ask yourself the question, am I or is this particular church part of the true church founded by Christ? Well, ask yourself, am I or this particular church, is that in union with the visible sign of unity that Christ established, who is the Pope? And so that's just a very simple discernment tool uh, right then and there.
3: Father Luger, I want to thank you for your time uh, on Real Presence Radio. Uh, I've always enjoyed visiting with you, and uh, I, I always learn a lot from you in our conversations. So I, I wish you all the best in what you do, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be in touch. We have a, I think we have a common meeting here in Bismarck in a, in a week or two, and I, I look forward to seeing you then for sure, if not sooner.
2: It's always a pleasure, Monsignor.
3: Okay, thank you. Father Gregory Luger on the rights of the Catholic Church, and I thought that he summed that up very, very clearly at the end with the authority of the Pope is through Peter, which is the visible sign of unity of the Church. That's what you have to ask yourself. Is this Church, under the visible sign of unity, not that we created or fabricated, but but that our Lord gave us, And that unity, that visible sign of unity, is the Holy Father, the Pope, where he promised that uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. We're going to take a preview for our next show. What's coming up?
1: On the next Real Presence Live, Monday, 9 to 11 Central, Brandon Clark and John Clark are your hosts coming to you live from the Fargo studio. They will talk with Michael Polley about what we should know about voting in the midterms. Andreas Widmer will share about his experiences as a Swiss guard and how St. John Paul II continues to impact his life. All this and much more on the next Real Presence Live, Monday, 9 to 11 Central. Back to you.
3: Alright, thank you for that. Uh, And I want to thank Karen here for taking care of us today here in the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck where we're coming to you live and I want to thank all of our listeners. Karen, thank you for everything.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. It's been and a pleasure.
3: I, I wish you all the best in your continued uh, banquets coming up and and, and your work uh, as uh, the listener relations coordinator and I want to thank Father Logan Obergewich, my My parochial vicar, anything you want to say? Closing words, closing thoughts, Father. Yeah, I just thought that reflection with Don Lucas, who was making rosaries. I think that's a great thing to, during this month of all souls, to pray for our beloved dead. Mm -hmm. And so a rosary, we can pray each, as we pass along each bead, we can pray for a loved one that passed away. I think it's a great way to remember them and to pray for them that they may be with Jesus forever and that we may also be with them someday. Thank you for that. And yes, remember to pray for our dead. And uh, you know, I'm born and raised in Williston, North Dakota, where where there are a lot of non Catholics that don't understand our tradition and I was often asked why do we you know, why why do you pray for your dead? I mean they're they're dead, they're in heaven. Well fundamentally I was always taught we pray for our dead because that's how we continue to love them now that they're gone. We we pray for them. I mean what 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 else can we do for them? We we you know we we can't help them change a tire. I mean, they're, they're 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 dead. But in our in our spiritual life, we we pray for them. Ask our Lord to give them all that they believed all that he promised and all that we always hope for. It's it's an expression of our love. And 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 if we if we offer masses for our dead and they happen to be in heaven, I had that question as well. When do I stop offering masses for my mother? The, the answer is never. And if your mother is in the, the beatific vision, God will transfer those graces to to someone in need. So so don't don't worry about don't worry about anything going to waste. It's a, it's a wonderful month to remember our dead as we prepare for our new liturgical year on November 27th. Remember, Christmas is on a Sunday this year. We're going to be looking at four full weeks of Advent. And uh, as it cools off, uh, that, that's, uh, let's get into the, the holiday spirits a little more. It's been great to be with you. My name has Monsignor Schumacher, and I'll look forward to hosting again in the
0: future. God bless.